the volume. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jenkins & Jones is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more during the Super Bowl than with FanDuel. And new users can bet $5 to win $280 in cash on either team to win. Tons of reasons to bet on the NFL on FanDuel Sportsbook. They've got great odds for every game. Awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. Winnings are now delivered as quick as two hours. It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. And you can discover the most popular same-game parlays each day right when you log in. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code J&J, that's J-Ampersand-J, so they know that Jenkins and Jones sent you. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It's Wednesday, February 2nd. Somehow it's February, that shit really snuck up on me, bro. This year is flying. January by. usually is long, though, isn't it? Isn't that the thing? Like, like the year goes by fast, like and the first long. month goes by slow. Yeah, I don't know. Did you feel like January was long? No, I mean usually. Yeah, I don't know. We got all kinds of crazy shit to talk about today. We're talking about. Uh, <laughs> The Washington football team. We're talking about Ben Simmons. Um, we're going to talk about Brian Flores and how the NFL is still uh, racist. And uh, we will be talking about uh, R.I.P. to Milltown Melly, um, the groundhog, the official Sad groundhog thing, of the Jenkins. I had to look that Jones nigga up, man. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is Oh. <laughs> You're not plugged in like me and Tyler. I'm not, uh, as always, I'm not, like I'm not a big Groundhog Day dude. Y'all, y'all can have that. <laughs> um, as always, Jenkins and Jones is hosted by my my dear friends in real life and on the internet, even when they're fucking filleting me open about the NBA skills contest. Uh, Lejethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. Was that Bubba's? And you notice I ended it with a I love you, Mike. Because I we, oh absolutely it's all love no for, for sure so. a couple yeah at Dragonfly Jones aka Tyler hey everybody have a gun <laughs> I'm Guardy B aka Mike uh, it's, most people I think watched that clip and had the exact takeaway that I did the first time I saw it which is like 
this is actual friendship. This is not podcast friendship. <laughs> like this is what being friends with people is actually. It was the nicest flame <laughs> session ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we let you know that eh, that's not the take, but you know, <laughs> I stand by my wrong take. <laughs> Good for you. You know what? I, I love it. You know, standing I'm by my live bad tweet take. This. I'm gonna live tweet this this skills contest. <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> Van Vliet's bounce pass. Generational. <laughs> Meet me at the Woolsworths. <laughs> We're watching the skills contest. <laughs> uh Tyler, let's talk about uh the Washington football team, formerly a word that uh I don't say uh now newly minted. As the Washington Commanders, <laughs> news broken via Kent Brockman on Springfield Channel Six. Um, you, as a former <laughs> Washington football fan, bro, how did you feel about first of all about the name being leaked by a helicopter peeking through a window, and and about the whole shebang bang today? First of all, the, the fucking name leak, of course, was some Washington football ass shit. You, you wouldn't expect anything less from this clown show. They had a motherfucking 20 foot banner in the fucking window <laughs> that just said commanders on that shit. What the fuck? And the name is weak as hell. For one, it's some goddamn built Ford tough police dog ass name. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It is, it, is a, it is a very don't tread on me ass name that I do not fuck with, but it's better than the alternative. It's better than the, you know, the R's, which even as a kid, I thought was some bullshit. I'm glad they've gotten away from that. But, you know, you, you could, I, I feel like they could have gone campy or, you know, cartoonish with like Red Hogs or something. You know what I'm saying? Something ridiculous like that. That would have been so ridiculous. I would have actually liked it. Like, you know, I'm a big fucking Richmond Flying Squirrels fan. You know what I mean? Like, I got three right. of those fittings. I love that ridiculous ass team name. I was hoping they'd go that route, but they went commanders with a sir, yes, sir, face ass. And I'm not fucking with it, dog. <laughs> When you see commanders in like a twenty foot banner like that, like were you not like eh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Commanders in that size, and you still don't think it's a bad decision? That's odd. But I don't. I thought. I mean, I seem like everybody was like liking like the Washington football team. They leaned into it. Why didn't they just keep that? Yeah. I, I did. I, you know, I came around on the Washington football team because, like I said, it was so ridiculous that I actually warmed up to it after a while. And I did love the numbers on the helmet. I thought that was a real clean look. But the commanders, dog. The, no. the jerseys, they're, they're unveiling the jerseys today. As someone correctly pointed out, they look like Maryland alternates. Like, they're the most blah. Like That was Masters. <clears throat> was it I think Master? Master said it. Yeah, yeah. He's correct. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know, it, it looks like an Arizona State or a Maryland alternate. And I'm I'm with John. I'm like I like I liked watching the football team. It's like soccer. You know what I mean? It's like we we could have one of those WFT. I thought like that's a good abbreviation. The the funny thing is, you're right about the Commanders being a fucking. Um, Bill Burr, Chevy Silverado <laughs> fucking name. But but it abbreviates to the commies. Like, people are going to be rooting for the, like, people are already saying, let's go commies chance. Yo. So funny to me, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> which is the opposite of what they want with this military ass name, right? They right. do not want to be associated with communism with that fucking don't tread on me ass name. Respect the troops ass name, bro. Commanders <laughs> is a name you give a football team in a movie because you can't give it an actual football name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some any given Sunday shit. Right, right, any exactly. Given Sunday name. <laughs> <laughs> the Commanders. Fuck that name. The Washington <laughs> Commanders. <laughs> They gonna have the same dude that does the Ford uh, Ford commercials, fucking in the, in the, in the promotions, dude. You feel me? The Washington Commanders are here today. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> All wheel drive. Leary. All wheel drive. Dennis, Commanders. <laughs> Seven thousand horsepower. Fuck out of here, dog. Five hundred um, torque. <laughs> what the fuck is the torque? They just know. show a bunch of bolts when they say torque. Nobody knows <laughs> what it actually is. <laughs> I think uh, the video of the zoom in from the helicopter was like your brain just automatically inserts the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song over that video because the zoom it takes like eight seconds to zoom all the way. <laughs> It's like they did the it with window. their phone, their iPhone, because it was so like, <laughs> eh, 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 you know. 
<laughs> Motherfucker rode out there with a helicopter and fucked their whole party up. <laughs> <laughs> Ruined the whole supreme. I hopped in a helicopter on, on Tuesday evening and went and fucked the whole franchise's reveal. <laughs> Only fucking Washington, man. They were getting the booed before they even released dog. the name. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the internet well, was already clowning the thing was, I, I sent you guys a video of the people doing the... <laughs> <laughs> the commander's thing to the fucking farmer's insurance song outside. It's better to boo, bro. It's better to boo than to cheer when you shouldn't cheer. You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Let- Get that weak shit out of here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like four of them motherfuckers out here too <laughs> bright and early on a dc morning it's 18 degrees outside y'all here for this weak ass name reveal bro it's a commanding performance really special stuff good uh, job mike i love it thanks buddy uh th- let's talk about ben simmons um i've really i've come all the way around i think ben simmons is my hero at this point bro this man is so fucking <laughs> He's so out there in his refusal to participate in being professional in any capacity. He, they said there's an ESPN story out, and included in the ESPN story is that he was upset at Joel Embiid for blaming him for last season's playoff loss, which, I, I mean, I understand late-game execution gets an outsized spotlight put on it. You know what I mean? But how else could you interpret the end of that playoff series? <coughs> And for him to use that as fuel to, he was in the Sixers gym working out while they were playing a game 20 minutes away. <laughs> this shit is so fucking... Working out to stay in shape for in case he gets traded, bro. It's the craziest shit ever. I can't believe it's February and this is still what's happening. How do you guys feel about Ben Simmons? I ain't gonna lie. When when the, the report service that, you know, he felt that... And B kind of crossed the line with him that he never crossed with him because he didn't pile on him for how he stunk it up in the 2019 with the Raptors? series against the Raptors. Yeah. I felt that though. You know what I'm saying? Because I because that's on some like you ever had a motherfucker like yo I thought we wasn't tripping off that shit because I let that shit slide but you tripping off this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we've all been there before. I'm sure coworkers with friends whatever. So I feel him on that. You know what I'm saying? And he, they said it's cost him like what 19 million so far to sit this season out. Mil. 19 million. I don't know if I would ever stand on something <laughs> that would cause me to lose 19 million. But you know what I'm saying? Well, like, at least it's also destroying your reputation. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but, but like I said, like like he's telling the, the Sixers, y'all said y'all want to trade me, stick to that shit. You know what I'm saying? So he'll. It looks like he's he'll he's down to sit out the whole season. But you know, th- there's also these whispers about Harden and Moria or you know buddying up. Harden's not too happy in Brooklyn. He might come to fucking Philly, and I'm might. sure. Yeah, I'm sure if fucking Harden and Embiid are there, Simmons might, you know what I'm saying, get back out there too. So who the fuck knows? There's a reason Maury is turning down literally every offer for Ben Simmons because he knows Harden will be on the table. You know what I mean? He wants Harden. You feel me? But, like, it, there was a report that they said, like, you've lost $19 million in Ben Simmons' camp. Well, somebody anonymously said, we don't give a fuck about money. $19 million is not money. 19 million is 19 fucking million. Okay. You care about 19 million. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. Who I'm looking at kind of left? Rich Paul. Like, that's who I'm like, kind of like, Rich? I don't know, bro. We saw you. Who, who's homie that lost 80 mil because of Rich? The uh, the big Nerlis fella? Noel. Nerlis Noel? I don't know, bro. I, I, I don't know if this was the way to handle this. I think Rich mismanaged this. I think he's getting some bad advice. If you're sitting out losing $19 million and ruining your reputation, what have you really gained? You know what I'm saying? But having having an agent is like uh, it's it's like having a lawyer. I think unless you're in the room with them, you can't say, you know, lawyers talk all the time about uh People will say they have a good lawyer or a bad lawyer. Lawyers will say I have a good client or a bad client. I hear you. If Ben Simmons, if Ben Simmons doesn't want to play, all Rich Paul can do is be the representative of a guy who doesn't want to play. So, and we don't we don't know because you're right. Maybe Rich, maybe Rich is behind this, but maybe it's also like Ben, like the person in Ben's camp said, 
we're standing on our principles. Yeah, and it's I, I worth think 19 million. I think this has been more than anything. I don't think anyone's down to lose 19 million if they don't want to and not play basketball if they really want to. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking Ben is on board with this shit. You think Rich Paul might be putting something in his ear, but Ben is all aboard on it. I don't I think I would have thought that yo, something's going to happen prior that would have made me sit out, sit out, but if you already out this long, you might as well continue. I've already lost 15 I might as well lose 19 mil you know what I mean but I think like I would imagine for me to have set out the season I'm thinking that things are going to go that things are going to be you know fixed much earlier where I might you know I'm not getting anywhere near 19 million loss that's how I feel I like I don't know what happened I'm not in the rooms with nobody I'm not a fucking insider you know what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) you feel me this just looks wild Uh, you know what I'm saying to me when it comes to you know Rich Paul as well as Ben Simmons but I just don't see what there's a gain at this point. You know, like, now you just, I mean, I don't, I don't see what there's a gain. I mean, I'm also someone who doesn't care about money and has not made professional decisions in my life based on money, but I still know what everything costs. You know what I mean? Like, that, that, that's what, like it's a difference between, like, I want to live a happy life. Like, I, like, I've turned down a lot of higher-paying jobs because I don't want to commute. I know a commute would not be good for my brain and the way that I live and for seeing my kids and everything, right? So that's turning down sometimes a significant increase in money, but nineteen million dollars is not money. It's not it's money. A, it's a it's a like conceptual <laughs> construct of like a different kind of life, bro. <laughs> bro, what, what like, I don't know. The, he's thrown away money that if I were to have, generations and generations and generations of my family would not have to work if we invested it right. My family may not have to work ever again. Like my whole lineage, yeah. if we invested it right, nineteen million dollars returning eight percent a year puts my great grandkids through whatever college they want to go to. You know right. what I mean? Like, dude, without me doing any work between now and then. two, three, <laughs> two, three million dollars, eight percent a year. Right. Me or right. my family doesn't like my immediate family never has to work again. You know what I'm saying? Like we'll be good in most locations on the planet. You know what I mean? Sign the three of us to be Ben Simmons. Please. Please. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll come in there please. stacked on each other in a fucking yeah. jacket. <laughs> in an overcoat. <laughs> we'll make it work. Trust me. Doesn't sound appealing, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> Shit. For Look, 19 dibs million. Dibs on top, bro. Dibs on the top. Bro, they could, they, <laughs> they could glue us together. <laughs> I sacrificed that for my family. <laughs> For real, a fucking Rat King basketball. I'll player, be the bro. bottom. I don't care. There's some flagrant <laughs> wild shit I do for 19 million, and I'm not embarrassed about any of it. It's 19 million. It's not just money. Sheesh. Did you guys see the video that came out over the weekend of a ref basketball ref at an AAU tournament getting literally two hand choked by a coach? Yes. I? This is the wildest shit ever, and then the his the other ref came up and snuck on the the coach, which is good because he might have killed the dude. You know what I mean? This is, but what what you guys think of that video? I could not believe that shit. Even in a society where I could believe everything at this point, I could not believe that shit. That re- I've seen some wild shit at AAU tournaments. I've never seen coaches and refs fight. You know what I'm saying? I've seen players and refs um, have to be separated. Players and coaches have to be separated. I've seen players bang. I have never seen coaches and refs in a fucking strangle off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, right? And, sh- and shouts to his homie who came up and, you know, stuck him a few he good said times. said it was a beef strangle off. <laughs> And shots to his homie ran up and you know goddamn hit him with that yin yin right quick. You know what I'm saying? Got his licks in because I love you know, a that's real, brotherhood right there. I love a real nigga sighting. And that other ref that came and just bro, somebody said Zebra's always running packs. You know what I mean? Like when I, I retweeted it, like you know, real friends. But I mean, dude, right. the refs getting paid like eight bucks. The coach is getting paid less. He's getting paid zero dollars to coach that team. And this is how mad you get over this. It's ridiculous. But I love the strangle off. And what really matters is how strong the quads are in that. You know what I mean? Because that's what's going to keep you from going back and forth. <laughs> They're strangling each other, flexing their quads in the middle of the court. You know what I mean? So it's just that so weird. That ref needed the, the Detroit Urban Survival Training guy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's for he sure. He needed to turn that around, bro. He needed to turn that around on that coach. He needed to find the pressure point on his elbow, unlock his <laughs> arms. <laughs> I have seen I have seen videos on how to break a chokehold, which I don't ever want to be in the position to have to really actually work it. But they say go under their arms like this and then come out like that, which sounds feasible. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? It sounds feasible, but if you've ever lost uh, oxygen supply to your brain for 1.5 seconds, it's, everything sounds feasible until there's no air going <laughs> yeah. in your lungs, bro. Instinct. Yeah, I'm a. Yeah, I don't know. I better, better. You know, thankfully not me, I guess. But I, you know, I will say this. Um, this is actually a really big story in California in basketball as well as football. There is a, and it, it might be nationwide. I don't know. I just follow you know youth sports in California. There's an enormous ref shortage um, for high school sports and down, and it's because of shit like this. And I don't, I don't know if people understand like. Anytime a video like that goes viral, another 18-year-old Mike who used to referee, who used to, you know, officiate flag football or youth basketball games goes, fuck that. For, for you know, like you said, for 15 bucks an hour, I'm going to risk a grown man choking me <laughs> to death in front of my family and friends, you know? And without those people, I mean, they, they're talking about in California, they might have to be having high school football games on Wednesdays and shit in the next couple of years because there's just not enough referees, bro. Damn. And so you think about that for the youth levels and then how much people need that to get college scholarships and stuff. I mean, it really is getting ugly out here. And every youth official I know says the last five years has gotten so bad from Little League up to high school sports with just parents being fucking nuts, bro. And you, you've got it fucking chill, man. It's just your kid playing sports on a Saturday, bro. Yeah. This is not the fucking NBA. And if it was an NBA, you wouldn't be choking the fucking referee. <laughs> I, I, I feel I feel like this might be an oversimplification, but I feel like with all labor shortage problems, there's an easy fix, and that's pay motherfuckers more. You know what I'm saying? If if, if motherfuckers are getting paid forty an hour, fifty an hour to be refs, motherfuckers gonna be lining up outside the the, the building. You know what I'm saying? So that might be a move they have to make. Who knows? We'll also, see. like parents just need to fucking relax. I coached my little. I was coaching my little brother, and there was no ref, so I had to ref one of the games. You know what I mean? Right. It was second graders. The parents were like, "I'm like, dog, like." Like, the parents were, like, fussing because I would miss a call or whatever. And I would say, do you want to coach? I mean, do you want to ref? I don't know what I'm doing out here. They just asked me to do I don't, you know what I mean? Like, right. I don't, I'm not a ref. That, you know what I mean? Like, I am, in shape, I am bro. volunteering. I am, you know what I'm saying? Do you want to ref? You know what I mean? Like, I will literally give you my whistle in this fake-ass shit that just, this tight-ass zebra suit that they just gave me that doesn't fit me. I don't I don't ref, but, like, that's what a, a lot of people are just, like, you know, volunteers in these, you know, second-grade, second, second yeah. grade, you know, rec leagues, and they're getting, I mean, it was it was, hor it was a horrible experience. I never did it again. You feel me? So, like, right. I, and it, I can't imagine what's going on in high school when it actually matters. You know, you got to pay these guys for that, too. It's not just them refing. It's them right. dealing with everything outside of it. The worst part of refing is not the refing. It's the it's everybody yeah. else that surrounds the game. Well, and Tyler, Tyler's absolutely well, – because the job of refing actually is hard enough without all the shit outside of it. You know what I mean? Um, but, and you know, if you only watch sports from seeing it in slow motion – on a fucking nice TV, you know, like go go to a go to a basketball game in person, and just like imagine trying to make every single call, bro. It's just not easy. But to Tyler's point, in California, they are trying to increase the the pay for officials, and a lot of the school districts, because the school districts are the ones that have to pay for it, are bitching about the cost going up. And so we I, we actually tweeted on the five six two. If you think it's hard to pay them more money, imagine how hard it's going to be to have games without referees. Feel me? <laughs> have you ever ref the game, Mike? Tyler, yeah, you too? Yeah. No, I'm never. Okay. Never want to either. Horrible experience, bros. When I was a when I was a teenager, I mean, as a teenager who liked sports, it was it was a it was a good way. To, you know, you go on Saturday, you ref flag football games. You make I made decent. You know, you make a couple hundred dollars in a day without really having to have a boss or you know whatever else you're outside. I I liked it, but I didn't do it for very long. It's stressful as fuck. I was in Alabama. You know, I did that one game. On some accidental volunteering, I was. I said I will never do it again. Those parents were horrible, bro. I'm like, dog. Um, they traveled. Question. Everybody's traveling. They're in second grade. Yeah, yeah, they're in second grade. <laughs> you want me to sit here and call every travel? Bro, it, the game will. We. I'd still be <laughs> repping the game right now, dog. <laughs> I'd be 39. <laughs> 
<laughs> right now, ref of the game. The referees for Vincent and Maya's basketball league, with the, you know, they remind the kids if they're running with the ball, they say, remember, dribble, dribble, dribble. And then if they dribble with two hands, they remind them to do it with one hand. You know what I mean? That's the <laughs> that's what the referees do. You're teaching the game as much as you are officiating it. You know what I mean? Crazy. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk about Joe Burrow. Um, is Joe Burrow him? <laughs> Is this dude really like? I think we all felt like uh, here's Baker Mayfield 2.0. It's another quote unquote cool white dude. And this is the first time in my remembering that a dude's old tweets surfacing have made me like them more. <laughs> right, he's a he's an anti capitalist bronze stand, and that's like my type of people right there, dog. You know what I'm saying? That was a tweet at, at fucking fifteen, sixteen. He was that guy. You feel me? Questioning, yeah. I mean, and then where, where is, he, is he from Cleveland? Where's he from? He's from Ohio. Uh, from Ohio, from Ohio. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. dog, like questioning like a capitalist society. Like that's he's he's abnormal. G. That was the tweet that I was like, because at first I was like, you know, hey, he, I mean, he looks cool, but you know, how's he voting? You know, being where he's from, who he played. That's what you said in the group. I was chat, like, right? yeah, I said we're in like, the group chat, like, yeah, we're in a fur coat voting Republican, right? I want to like him, but yeah. we know he probably ain't on my side in real life. You feel me? But then I saw the anti. I'm like, okay. He might that that hit me right where it needed to, and then and then I'm looking at the Baker Mayfield like everybody was all like excited about Mayfield and him being able to hold the beat. I mean, when you really look at those videos in retrospect, they were horrible. Like they were horrible. They were horrible this? in current what in was, current spec. They were horrible when they first dropped. I was like, what the fuck is this, bro, man? Bro, like everybody was like, he right there. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was so excited, like Baker Mayfield. I'm like, I was like, no. And now look, it's even worse now, G. It's so yeah, good for Joe. I'm I'm, I'm glad he's who we hoped he was because I he definitely wasn't who I thought he was. I didn't know he was a bronze stand until Tyler told me that, and then suddenly some shit made sense. Because you said he was out here like talking shit on Steph Curry and stuff when he was in high school, right? Bro, he was a full-on bronze stand. During his Heisman and championship season in 2019, he still had a pin tweet from the 2016 finals clowning Steph from that moment when, when Bron punched his shit and was talking shit to him, right? Like, you're the biggest star in college football, and your pin tweet is clowning Steph and standing out for Bron. I was like, this is my type of dude when I first saw that. <laughs> Bro, you really standing on that tweet when, like, you know, you got all those eyes on you at that point. You know, you yeah. meant that. You feel me? This is the first thing I want people to know about. Right. <laughs> right. I don't want them to know my agent's number for my NIL deal. I want them to know it's fuck Steph, Team Bronner. Ten toes. <laughs> Ten toes. And, and, and that picture he took when Bron came back to Cleveland, you could tell he's wearing the jersey he had as a kid during Cleveland's First, during Bron's first run, that shirt, that shit tight as fuck. You can see the striations. Like, yeah. If, you, if you're a white dude the... in Cleveland who welcomed Bron back with open arms, you you might be a different type of a dude. You know what I'm saying? Good for Joe. Go Joe Burrow. Um, let's talk about uh, Brian Flores and uh, the NFL still being racist as fuck. Uh, Brian Flores, you know uh, th these Bill Belichick uh, uh, texts that were uh, hilariously stupid got a, a lot of the attention um, yesterday, understandably. But um, the the actual story is that Brian Flores, uh, who is a one of the top assistants in the league, uh, was interviewed by the Giants, the Broncos, and the Dolphins. Um, and Brian Flores, who is a who is black, um, specifically is suing for racial discrimination, saying that. Uh, the interviews were shams. He said he was uh, interviewed. The, the reason the Belichick text is significant is he was interviewed by the Giants after they had already made their head coaching decision. And so the reason that they're interviewed is in the NFL, they have the rooting rule, which states that if you have an open head coaching or, I believe, GM position, you have to interview at least one black candidate. I think two um, and one in person, something like that. Okay. Yeah. 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 But that. But that's the. They that's were the abusing guideline. it as the point. They were abusing. You know what I'm saying? The Rooney Rule. And it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty open and shut case. So the NFL put out a bullshit statement saying that you know we've investigated the claims without merit like 10 seconds after the fucking lawsuit was filed or something. Um, but I don't really know any other way to do to, to put it. And I, I have so much respect for Brian Flores. Very similar to the respect I have for Colin Kaepernick because he's. You're not going to coach in the NFL after this. And that was always his dream, obviously, right? But what I love that he said was they asked him about it, and he said, it's for my kids. It's, it's, at some point, you have to put yourself aside. He says, I have two sons who are eight and seven. I have a five-year-old daughter. And when I look at them, I don't want them to go through some of the things I've had to go through. 
Um, he said that he was humiliated by going through what he felt like was a sham interview. And it's just a, it's, it's an insult to him as a person to where he said, fuck the career, fuck the career. I spent my whole life building. This is something that's worth making a statement over. So how, how did that make you feel, Tyler? Um, it's, you know, hats off to Flores, you know, he's standing on some real, you know, solid shit, you know, sacrificing his career in the NFL as, as we all mentioned, as we all know, as he knows, um, but it's, 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 it's just another fucking, you know, black eye on the NFL that's not going to impact anything. And I don't, I'm not saying this in a, in a sense to trivialize what, what Flores is doing. Like I said, it's a monumental sacrifice he's making, but how many times is shit like this going to get exposed and then nothing happens? You know what I mean? And nothing is going to happen as long as you've got these fucking 65-year-old, 70-year-old rich white people in power all the time who aren't changing shit, you know what I'm saying, who are who are in this, you know, bu- um, good old boy network where they are always going to look out for each other's best interests. And that's the reason Flores won't ever get a, a job again, right? It, it won't be because, you know, the, the, the Giants aren't going to hire him or the Dolphins aren't going to hire him. It's because no one in the league will hire him. Because of that, right. you know, good old boy, um, you know, buddy system that they have there with the owners. And, and like I said, it's just another black eye on the NFL. And it, it feels like this isn't going to, you know, impede the NFL's profits or anything at all. The Super Bowl is probably going to be the fucking highest rated Super Bowl ever. Like it seems to be every year or some shit after that. So, like I said, I, I commend Flores so much for what he's doing. And it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's just a feeling of, you know... I'm not surprised at, at the, the events that are being, um you know, on display here. I am, you know, I commend Flores for what he's doing. And then there's a part of me that's just just desperate and, and just like, okay, nothing is going to happen here. Nothing is going to change here. So we're, we're losing a guy who was a really good young coach who's, 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 you know, discarding his career to do what's right. And when what's going to come of it, though? You know what I mean? And like I said, it's not on Flores. It's on the, the fact that the NFL is just not going to change. What incentive do these owners have? Like, who does a rich white billionaire, male billionaire, have to answer to? God, maybe he maybe can can cut a deal with God with that much money. You feel me? Like, it's I, I just think there's just no incentive for them to change. You know what I mean? Like, they need a Robert Sarver. They need at least somebody to say these niggas need a nigger. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have that you know what I mean that's the best you could hope for in the NFL you know what I mean but that there will there will be no change and he'll I mean you know he'll get a bag Flores will get a bag probably but that's not what he was that's not what he was hoping for as a kid he wanted to be a NFL coach he's like you know Jeopard, I mean, I'm jeopardizing. He's throwing away his dream in order to do this, and there will be no, no real change. Just like with Cap, there was no real change. You know what I mean? It's just somebody sacrificing themselves, you know, for what is right. And I and I respect to the hell out a of conversation. it. You, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But that's all this is the conversation. conversation. But what right. what is the real incentive for them and if these 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 owners to change? Because they're the they're the decision makers in the end, and there and 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 there's nobody that's going to con- that can controls them or they answer to so. I don't know. It's, it is it's, like the, the 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 disrespect to black coaches in the NFL is on a and you know this is a problem in all uh, pro sports leagues, obviously. But the NFL, I feel like it's especially glaring, and the disrespect to successful current black coaches is also on a totally different level. Mike Tomlin, um, you know, after the first wave of firings this year, was the last black head coach left in the NFL. Mike Tomlin, I believe, this year set the record in the NFL for the most consecutive seasons with a winning record but was asked this year about taking the USC job and got, and was, I don't know if you saw the press conference. He was furious. He was just like, you know how tiring it is to be asked about this year after year after year. If I'm taking a college coach to taking a college job, why would I do that? Like I'm sitting at the top of the fucking mountain mm-hmm. and I'm a great coach. And you're still asking me about taking the fucking USC job. You know, like I, I, I think it is uh, that aspect of it is not up to the control of the owners. That's up to the media. That's up to football fans, right, that that could be changed. But, John, I mean, John's right. Is How do you exert power on the people that our whole society was constructed to keep in power safe from right. anyone, you know, yeah, to put them in power and keep them insulated from people trying to change anything? I, I, I don't have an answer to that. Flores had what he had. He had the Dolphins. They, 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 the Dolphins had their second consecutive winning season in, in I don't know how long under Flores. I have – Black friends who are Dolphins fans who were like w- wanted to like 
name their kids after this dude, bro. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? But with this the dude incentive is the hope to lose, for the they, they, he, he, was give, he was offered $100,000 for every loss because they were trying to get, you know, a high draft pick. And he, you know, he stood on his morals. They, he wanted them to, like, recruit, recruit this, help recruit this, like, tamper and recruit this QB. And he was like, you know what I'm saying? Nah, left, left the meeting at the yacht. And you know what I'm saying? That, that he, they, they had set up at the yacht for him to break rules. You feel me? And he was like, nah, I'm not taking part in that. He was a solid well, dude, and that's what got him the out of there. guy if the shit got exposed, too. You said what? He knows who he knows whose name's gonna be in the headline if the shit got exposed. A tampering and, occurred too. For, I mean. for so, but they, but they, but then because of that, they soured, they soured his name. You know, they they threw salt on his shit. You know, what I'm saying, making it seem like he was wasn't a a, a a team player or he wasn't a company guy. You feel me? And you know, right. turn him into that you know that old trope of the angry black man. You feel me? I mean, so like the, it, reading reading about this like was was saddening because like he was put in a situation where he couldn't win. And even right. with the and and he still had a had winning seasons and even and when he would go and be like you know when he went went to uh, the interviews you know he was still just like a, a prop interview, you know what I mean? So it's I don't know it's it's it, it was fucked up when I was I was like damn like this is I don't know it, it was disheartening like Tyler was saying just like and I, and nothing will yeah. be done nothing will truly no no true no change will truly happen for there not to be another Flores in the future. Yeah, I mean, the, the the story in a nutshell is a black coach got fired for being an overachiever and then isn't getting a fair shake to interview for another head coach position, right? Like, like that's summing it up in, in one sentence here. And it's just it's, – it's, it's a fucking terrible reality that black coaches have to face in the, in the NFL. And, and like I said, I don't know what, 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 what can be done about it. The Rooney Rule has been in place for damn near like 30 years or something, and I don't know if you can say that that's had any major impact. I. I just don't know, you know, what what will be done here. But I do know that the NFL is going to be proceeding with business as usual and making ridiculous profits hand over fist as normal. The the last note I want to put in this is there's nothing you could say. About, I don't I, I don't want to accept that there's nothing we could say about the billionaires, right? But there have been billionaires who've been gotten the fuck out of there. The problem is, I think you both alluded to, is this is all the owners. This is not Donald Sterling. Oh yeah, saying well, something if, crazy. If, if, this if, is if, all the owners. If Flores right? has some substantial evidence about that hundred thousand dollar deal, Flores, um, um, Ross is out yeah. of there, bro, for sure. He's losing right. that team, especially with all that betting and shit. But you what, know what I mean? But so while I don't want to give up on, you know, the idea of change or of improving things, even though I don't see a way forward, I do just want to point out this is a larger cultural problem with the sport of football in this country. Um, I cover high school football in Southern California. We have a league here called the Trinity League. Modern days in it. St. John Bosco's in it. About half of the national champions of the last decade come out of the Trinity League. It's big money, private schools. And the L.A. Times did a feature this year. There has never been a head black coach in the Trinity league. And there isn't one now. And there's not anyone on the horizon who would be the prospects. You have a white head coach who's in charge, who's a CEO. And you have a lot of black Polynesian, uh, Hispanic assistant coaches who help bring kids in who are a lot of them. Great coaches, X's and O's coaches, but I don't think, and I'm friends with a lot of those guys. A lot of them feel like they're, they would be taken seriously in a head coaching interview. So can we change the culture of an NFL billionaire? Probably not. Can we change the culture of a high school that's 15 miles away from us? I tweet about it. I don't know if that does anything. The LA Times report I know pissed a lot of people off, pissed a lot of the right people off. But, you know, it is, it is something that is a – it's an the NFL is America's league. It's an American fucking problem. So – or what that's worth, I don't know. But oh, I, but it, I, it's not just these thirty billionaires are the worst. You know, this is a whole top to bottom shit in our society. I can say on a on a motherfucking micro level in Richmond, the black high schools have black coaches because black parents push for that. Mm -hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? So, you know, you know, like, like you said, maybe this is something that that can we can take a grassroots approach and kind of you know work the way up of of emphasizing the value and the importance of black coaches from you know the lower levels on up, but. But who knows, man? I'm, I'm just at a loss for solutions here, bro. Imagine being yeah. Brian Flores getting that text from Belichick. You know what I mean? After all the things you've already endured, you know, with your past situation where you've over... So first you're getting a congratulations. Right, right. And, you, and, and you're going, wow. Right. right. And, and, you know, but like the situation with the Dolphins where you were given the incentive to lose, you know, you still won and were still fired and, were t you know, they threw salt in your name. Then you, then you, you, you think you have a real chance of getting this job in New York, a place that has never had a, a black coach before. 
You know what I mean? Get a congratulations from Belichick, thinking it's you know, thinking it's you're, you're what the ball. You feel what I'm saying? And you haven't even interviewed yet, and then you have to go and interview, knowing you didn't get the job that they already made the decision, and they're just you're just a prop interview because of the Rooney Rule. I mean, he was pushed. I mean, he was made to make this decision. You know what I'm saying? Like with all the and, right. and, and, and but he's dealt with all of that shit prior. Imagine all the things that we've dealt with prior to get to this point where like, you know, now I have to like, you know, ruin my career to even have a chance of changing something now. Because this is just I, I can't ignore this at this point. He tried to ignore it. He tried you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's, it's like he, he was pushed to do this. And I, I think that's so sad as somebody who was who would realize the dream and has to, you know, throw that away. At this point, because he was pushed to, it's 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 fucked up. Like, and I, I said, don't get a bag, but like, you know, that yeah. money. You know, thank God for that. Like money you said, that's not what he grew up. That's, that's not, not what he grew, what he grew up. up and know? as he's referring to, that's not what he wants his kids to grow up dreaming. You know, he wants his kids to grow up thinking of a better world. Right. So, um, I think Tyler hit on something at the grassroots level that you know, at least if you talk about in Southern California, you're starting to see for the first time in a decade a movement away from these big money private schools to kids going back to public schools where the representation um, for black people, for Hispanic people among head coaches is much better than it is at private schools, you know? And so that is a big part of it. I think that to me is what's so interesting about um, Dion and Jackson state is that, Hey man, we don't have to just keep playing by the same fucking rules. We could, you know, they're your kids. You could literally just decide that they're going to go to a different college, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so hopefully that does have, you know, it, it does feel like something is happening. It does feel like things are different than they were 10 years ago, even if uh, the lawsuit from Brian Flores shows that at the highest level, it's not that different yet, you know? Do you think with things like, like with the, was it the number one cornerback in the, in the nation going to Jackson State, like, are they not going to try to change the rules? Are they not going to try to fix, change something so that that doesn't happen anymore? You know what I mean? Like, I even feel like with even with those wins, it comes with consequences. With, pe with, with people trying to fight back against that stuff. You feel what I'm saying? I think, first of all, one thing that I, d I will say that I don't like is I don't like people beating up on kids who don't choose to go to HBCUs because I've seen that on social media with some of the elite kids. It, it is a big sacrifice oh, for sure. to, not, to not go to an SEC or Pac-12 or Big Ten school to go to a, an HBCU, just in terms of the amount of money that's around you. Mm. I think it's a great decision for the – you know, we've had a couple uh, poly kids sign – with Morgan State and other HBCUs this year. I think it's a great decision when it makes sense, mm -hmm. right? But that system's already to, – to answer your question, John, in my opinion, the system's already in place mm -hmm. because it's just the money. Mm -hmm. And this and the NIL stuff is going to continue along, but the NIL thing also it frees up some space for more creativity. Grambling State, which we also had a poly kid sign with this year, they're the first ones to, to take NIL and go – Name, image, likeness. Oh, we get it. This is just licensing. This is just IP licensing. And so the college is going to have an NIL deal for each of its athletes where they're paying the kid mm -hmm. to license their NIL. So you come in, you get $80,000. You're under contract. You're not an employee. The entire NCAA is built around circumventing employee law mm -hmm. in the United States of America. So they don't have to give you, you know, health insurance and workers comp and all this shit. But you will still get paid and the school will license your name, image and likeness, you know? So I, I think that it's going to be easier to, to be creative in the way that Grambling state or Jackson state is than it would be for UCLA to be creative in that mm -hmm. same way, just because it's, it's a, it's a smaller enterprise. There's less people who think they're the president of the world. There, you, feel you know me? what I right, mean? Right. So, but we'll see. Um, all right. That was a, I, that was a great conversation guys. I appreciate you. Um, sharing your hard-earned pessimism about the fucking <laughs> NFL. <laughs> the NFL season all comes down to this. Super Bowl 56 to celebrate FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking all customers up with a risk-free same-game parlay. New and existing customers can place any same-game parlay of three legs or more on the Super Bowl, and if you don't win, FanDuel will refund you. Same-game parlays combine multiple bets from the same game into one wager for bigger payouts. Build your parlay your way with spreads, money lines, totals, Super Bowl props, and more. Um, I will be betting on Joe Burrow and the Bengals because, uh, as we discussed on the pod, we are Joe Burrow people now. So uh, I will take uh, the over on his passing yards. I will take the Bengals to win. Uh, I will take uh, the Bengals to cover, et cetera, et cetera. 
uh, all of the Joe Burrow and Bengals props uh, available to build my parlay. But that's not the only reason I love betting with FanDuel Sportsbook, uh, which is now live in Louisiana. They're the market leader. They're America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use and easy to place your bets. They have fast payouts in as little as two hours, and they're the legitimate official sports betting partner of the NFL. Already have an account? Just place your risk-free same-game parlay before the Super Bowl to qualify. New customers join today with promo code J&J to enjoy 56 to 1 odds on either team to win the Super Bowl. You can turn a $5 bet into $280. That's promo code J&J. That's J ampersand J on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Disclaimer, must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The official Volume merch store is open. You've all been asking, and now it's here. Head over to www.thevolume.com and click on the Merch tab. You'll find apparel from Jenkins & Jones as well as other shows on the Volume Podcast Network. Check it out today. Uh, let's talk about the, this is a, I, there's no good transition out of that conversation, but let's talk about the funniest tweet of the fucking year <laughs> about, first of all, we're, I'm very happy for Rihanna. I, I don't understand why. I'm not. No, like, I'm just Rihanna, It's so many 19 year old kids on my timeline. Like, did you think that you were second in line here to be? <laughs> The father of Rihanna's kid, bro. Like, what do I care what Greek gods and goddesses are doing, bro? They might have. Different level. I thought I was gonna marry Dominique Dawes back in like '96, (laughs) '95. I thought she was mine. When I saw that light skinned curly haired dude she was dating, I was like, "What? (laughs) God told me we were supposed to be together." You know what I mean? Like, sheesh. 
Yikes. Um, <laughs> Dead ass thought she was going to be mine, dude. <laughs> congratulations to Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. But uh, uh, Harito Morales tweeted, Worst part is Rocky ain't even meet it up like that. <laughs> she really likes him for who he is. I'm sick. <laughs> she in love, damn. <laughs> Twitter, man. Twitter is Twitter is hell, and it's, sometimes it's the best type of hell, like with a fucking outrageous tweet like that. I love a good meet it up tweet. I have tweet. no comment on that tweet. It just the meet, meet it up, the phrase meet, meet it, up it up is a phrase. <laughs> God, God damn. Bro, I'm definitely using that in my private time. <laughs> I'll hear meet it up. I'll hear meet it up. You know what time it is. <laughs> yeah. Meet it up. Rocky not meet, meet it, it up. up, but you know. Good for Rocky too. I saw a lot of congratulations for Rocky too. I was I was like, wow, you didn't blow it. You did you I thought he would have blown it by now. You know what I mean? Like Rocky has doesn't seem like the most the smartest guy. He seemed like he would blow something like this. And I'm like, bro, you smart when you need to be smart. That's all that matters. Sometimes you sometimes you need a man who does not overthink things. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> he says some wild shit. I'm like, come on, G. But yeah, you know, he was smart when he needed to be smart. Good for him, man. There there was a tweet that some some uh uh chick put out there. She said was talking about how when she worked at a studio and she met him. Did y'all read that one? Mm-mm. Yeah, she said. Uh, she said she worked at a studio. She was a receptionist at a studio. She said ASAP uh, Rocky walked in, and she uh, asked him, uh, "Could you please sign in?" And he said ASAP. And she said yes <laughs> Im- immediately if you don't mind. <laughs> and, and, and she said all he did was chuckle to himself and sign in. She's like, "That's how I know he's going to be a great father. He was very kind and patient with me." So I like hearing stories like that about celebrities when they're not being dickheads, you know. So good for ASAP. <laughs> That's a good. I like that story. Um, okay, let's turn to um, sad news. Uh, it's Groundhog Day as we're recording this. John's doing his fucking. No, about no, to make no, fun no, of no, no, face. no. Go ahead, go ahead. R.I.P. to Milltown Melly, um, the New Jersey groundhog who predicts whether it's going to be winter or spring, died suddenly <laughs> on February first, the day before Groundhog's Day. Uh, According to the official Milltown Mel Facebook page, we Wranglers are sad to report that Milltown Mel recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge. Um, Difficult stuff. Difficult stuff. But he lived a long life. The average lifespan of a groundhog is three years. (laughs) Three years? That's it? God damn. How long did he live? I think he was uh three and a half this is gonna be his i think this is gonna be his his fifth his fifth groundhog day so he beat the odds you know that at the at the peak long age of five years old Jesus Christ. i totally now. made that shit up they just said uh, he had a long life i don't know it was four or five years a groundhog can live like 10 years maybe let's look that shit up man. yeah that's important to know honestly but uh r.i.p meltdown millie you know, we appreciate your service. And, um, I, you know, shout out to, him, days shout to him for dying before he went to work. That's how I would want to go. Like, don't <laughs> let me die a day after I put my work. In. Like, let me die the morning before I have to go to work if I'm going to die, dog. <laughs> he, he clocked out literally and figuratively. Like, no work. I'm done, bro. Cross the, the was it the Rainbow Bridge? I like that. The Rainbow no, Bridge. I might keep that one. That's only for uh, for for groundhogs. <laughs> Everyone else crosses over a different kind of bridge. <laughs> the groundhogs get the rainbow bridge. <laughs> Did you ever think about that when you were a kid, John? I knew you grew up very religious. Did you ever think about like frog heaven? You know what I mean? Like what <laughs> about like what happens to all the other living creatures? Like, is there a mosquito heaven? I think I think I, I think I always questioned heaven. And I always thought there was multiple ways to get there. Like I thought I, I remember looking up that like most people are Muslim. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you're religious, you know, most most religious people are Muslim. And I'm like, oh, there's no way that only us are going. I don't know, like, uh, and I, my 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 favorite dog ever was like JJ. You know what I mean? My my grandmother's dog, and I always wondered, like, am I going to see her in heaven? So I thought about some animals, but not like frogs. <laughs> not 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 that not them in particular. Like, do celery stalks have an afterlife? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I'll- what level of 
of, of conscious development allows you to. You sound real atheist right now, like, though. You sound like you. You sound like you. <laughs> I honestly did not like, and I am, but but like honestly, you're mocking the whole concept from, of heaven. Well, I used to just sit. My my grandpa was super Catholic, right? But mm -hmm. we used to sit and have real conversations, and that was always like the one thing that would always make him laugh is I'd always be like, "You're real lucky that you of the." billions of human beings who've lived you happen to have been born in the right religion at the right time in the right country if you were born in the first 80 percent of the history of humanity the catholic church didn't even exist that would always get him cracking up you know and he'd be like yep i figured it genghis khan didn't have it figured out but i just so happened <laughs> to have been born in a slum in new jersey with other italian people who know the truth <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, let's talk about the fucking fight of the century. Um, Jesus Christ! <laughs> this this is really this has really been all over the place. That's fucking fine. <laughs> but this video was truly astounding of a brawl breaking out at a Golden Corral uh, because they ran out of steaks too early in the buffet day. Um, I did not know the Golden Corral steaks went off like that. We're a hometown buffet family in Long Beach, California. I I, I must be missing out on Gold, Golden Corral. I did not know that the steaks were worth throwing chi baby seats across a restaurant at someone nothing else. Nothing is worth that. <laughs> Let's start yeah, there. Is worth that. I, I will say Golden Corral has some good trash steak. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm not at all saying it's some fucking steakhouse, you know, $80 fucking, you know, three-ounce filet mignon quality. But that little big-ass chunk of, of, of cow <laughs> that they carve up in front of you, that should, that should be hitting, you know what I'm saying, if you're hungry enough or, and or high enough. You know what I'm saying? The whole appeal of it is you can have as much of it as you want. You know what I'm saying? It's not, like I said, it's not top-flight steak. The whole appeal is you can have as much of this grade Q steak as you want. And for that to not be on the table, anymore i can understand golden corral pages being upset because that's what you're there for the helpings not the actual food you feel me so but i do not understand them wilding out this much i can understand being mildly disappointed not fucking throwing my baby money back at people yeah yeah it's interesting how it turned into a race war though like not no like I, why did there was like two white people in there and all of them were, they were getting jumped by people in in, 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 in you know td jake suits I I, I I wonder where that happened. I wonder if there was a, a nigga thrown somewhere. Like, was the steak worth saying nigga getting jumped over? You feel me? Like, that's my steak, nigga. You know what I mean? Like, how did that turn into a race war? But anyway, yeah. But also, I want to um, say that, dog, like, Golden Corral in these places, we like to clown and all. That shit is good. It's a grade Q steak, whatever. But it's still a good grade Q steak. It's still good steak. You know yes. what I mean? I think we need to talk more about that. We clown these places like we're better than them. We were raised on Shoney's and Golden Corral and Ryan's. There's nothing wrong with raised them. on hung hungry man frozen. You feel me? Are we too good for for cheesecake? <laughs> frozen factory? baby carrots. When did we become these people where we can't go to Cheesecake Factory? Too many choices. Come on, man. I'm, I'm really um, I, that really kind of gets under my skin with the Cheesecake Factory thing. I think that is a great establishment. You brought that up. Number of times. I stand on that, bro. Yes. Yeah. The Golden Corral video did lead to a really great analogy off between two uh, comedian friends of the podcast. Uh, Roy Wood Jr. said, uh, as a former Golden Corral employee, trust me, that steak is good. Not sure if it's two years probation, aggravated assault with a kid's <laughs> high chair good. But he said, Golden Corral is a competitive mid-major no one respects because they're in a weak conference with Ryan's Old Country Buffet and Cracker Barrel. All good places to eat. Funny as fuck. Uh, but uh, then <laughs> Kev on stage, who <laughs> we, we all love Kev on stage, said, Golden Corral is Waffle House that went to community college. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's exactly what it is, too. Uh, all right. That's a good note to end on. Uh, thank you so much to everyone for supporting the podcast over the last however many years. We really appreciate you. Keep leaving. Keep telling your friends. Keep sharing the shit. Keep uh, leaving five stars and, and reviews and everything. We really appreciate you guys. And we'll see you on Monday. Bye. Bye.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.